0: Episode number 30 of Not Your Father's Faith with Jeff, Pam, and Scott. Starting out so seriously. Why? (laughs) Because of the subject matter we're about to take on. It's filled with violence and misunderstandings.
1: This is going to be a tough one, I think, for us.
0: Yeah. That's why Pam and I are looking... To, to lean heavily on your shoulders as we as we navigate the subject of the Old Testament and uh, so much of, of it is hard to kind of comprehend especially mm-hmm. in light of how you know we view the New Testament so right, right. so kind of frame frame what it is we are
1: yeah okay so I think we want to maybe today and next maybe next couple episodes let's talk about um, uh, the Old Testament how do we uh, how, how are we supposed to understand it? Um, what relevance does it have to us? Um, is there any relevance? Uh, how does it relate to new, the New Testament? Um, how do we uh, uh, how do we understand God through the Old Testament as opposed to New Testament? Maybe there seems like there's this, this is like, almost like a schizophrenic God. He's one way in the Old Testament, one way in the New Testament.
0: Let me start, if if you don't mind, by kind of framing it around um, how pastors in general deal with uh, teaching or avoiding the Old Testament. How how would you? Is is it a tough thing for pastors to 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 teach to preach about so it's avoided? Am I? No, I, th-
1: I think there are. I think there are some people that uh, uh, would say it's all okay, right? And other people say, "Well, it's not okay," and so uh, try to figure out how that is. So let me let me just let me just uh, I draw some things down here. Um, I've been doing some reading on it because I'm we've been uh, teaching out of uh, you know, Hebrews uh, chapter eleven in church uh, chapter on faith, and we hit the one with uh, Joshua, Joshua going into the promised land, hits Jericho, and and here we see. In the Bible, uh, God's saying to Joshua and to the people of Israel to go into Canaan and all the inhabitants of Canaan, I want you to kill. All of them. You know, men, women, uh, children, animals, everything. You know, just, just kill them all. So basically, genocide. And so, um, is God for genocide? That's a fair question, don't you think?
2: Well if it's in the Bible exactly
1: <laughs> yeah so how do, you, how do you handle that? How do you handle that with uh, you know Jesus being basically a basically a pacifist Jesus would be Jesus would be for love and nonviolence. Peter Peter put down the sword right that's not that's not that's not how you behave in uh, in my kingdom. Jesus was and Jesus said if you see me you've seen the Father. So how how do we how do we handle this this disparity?
0: Well and and taking any of that literally too can be an unbelievable challenge.
1: So let me ask you so that there are five um, uh, propositions that that you kinda we kinda need to deal with. So all all touch on each one of them. I'll I'll go through all all five of them, and then we'll go back and talk about one at a time, okay? Uh, The first proposition is this. God is good, okay? God is good. I think we would all agree with that. God is good. The second thing is the Bible is true. Uh, Third, genocide is atrocious, right? Atrocious. It's, It's terrible. It's horrible, right? I mean, we can all agree on these things, right? God is good, Bible's true.
0: Now, where are you? Where? What's your source here?
1: Um, well, it's just it's it's through different theologians and so okay. forth, you know. Okay. And um, the next one is according to the Bible, God commanded and commended genocide. Right? We just talked about that in Joshua. Right? God commanded it, and then when he did it, hey, they commended him for it. Hey, great job! That's that's the Bible says that. According to the Bible. God says to do it, and he says gives him an attaboy for doing it. Uh, and the last one is, a good being, let alone a supremely good being, would never command or commend an atrocity. Okay, so those are the five propositions. Can you wrap
0: that all up in about five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead,
1: Jeff. We're going to talk about one at a time. <laughs> Let's talk about what does it mean that God is good? What does that mean? He is not bad. Okay. So would would killing somebody be bad? The worst. That's the worst. So God is good. Uh, And so if we say that he's not bad then, uh, and we agree that genocide would be bad, so what do we do according to the Bible that God commanded and commended? uh, Genocide. Is that is that bad and god is not bad so see you see how this is problematic because mm-hmm. these things are these things are true true statements we're trying to look at them and say you know how do we how do we deal with these things so we're, th- we're using our human minds it's all we have to think about goodness now here's the thing so you asked me about some pastors some pastors would use this logic well god is god is good and if God does something that we don't understand, it's not that God isn't good anymore; it's that we don't understand. You know, His ways are above our ways. Uh-huh. You follow me?
0: So genocide somehow could be good.
1: That 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 would God be God level goodness. That would, yeah, be, that, would be, that would be that would not that mere mortals idea. wouldn't understand right death
0: and destruction
1: and violence mm-hmm. right is good God yeah now now I, I I don't hold to that right I don't hold to that but um, and there are some some uh, uh, ancient church fathers like origin origin would uh he wouldn't hold to that and um augustine he kind of would and so you have these different church church fathers writing on these things trying to trying to you know make sense of them so so god is good so someone might uh, a pastor might uh, take an old testament passage and go look this is you know god god had a people and uh, he wanted to, you know, provide for them. It's, it's God's way of, uh, you know, providing for his people. And this is what he, he had them do. And he wanted to make sure they obeyed. And so if, you know, we might not understand that, but if God did it, somehow it's good. And another way of thinking about good is that he's loving, right? If, if you're good, you're acting in love. And so I, I, have, I have a problem with that because how could killing somebody ever be a loving act.
0: But there are people that believe that taking a switch to the back side of your child was yeah. good.
1: Not a How switch, they're... a rod. Okay. In, in the Old Testament. Right. So I'm just, says, well, well I'm glad you said that because term. it says this, uh, spare the rod, spoil right, the child. Right, right, exactly. right. Exactly. And so some people try, you know, say, well, I, I, I take the Bible literally. And so We're we're to take, uh, you know, we're to discipline our children with, uh, uh, you know, with some sort of, right, they used a rod and they would, uh, they would even do it to adults, hit them on the small of their back. Well, you know, I there's a lot of, you know, pretty important organs back there. And so a rod can be pretty dangerous. But the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. So if you take it literally, you should use a rod. But the minute you move away, the minute someone says, "I take it literally," meaning corporal punishment is okay, but I don't use a rod; I use my hand. Well, you're not taking the Bible literally then. You moved away from it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, let's say someone else says, "I don't think you should hit them at all, but I think you should discipline them." So that's that's really what we're taking, what we're seeing here is spare the rod. We could say, well, that's just that's uh, discipline, right? Spare the discipline, spoil the child. So discipline is good. But how you do it is up for interpretation, because once you right, because once you move away from the rod, mm-hmm. now it's now you're it's not literal anymore. It's not literal anymore. Now you're deciding. You're saying, you we say, well, no, you still have to hit. Well, why you moved away? What if I, you know, you moved away here? So you let's say you went from a rod to your hand. What about a rod to a stick? Well, no, that's not good. But the hands, okay, well, right, right, wherever you are, wherever you landed. That's the okay thing. Mm-hmm. What if someone else says, "I, I don't think he's hit at all." I discipline by, you know, whatever whatever means, right? Uh, withholding, you know, something they enjoy or something or whatever, you know, and uh, or not Take letting away them their
0: video games, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, not let them do something, right? Right. So, um, but so how do we deal with, how do we deal with this idea that um, uh, God is good? Then, the second thing is this: that that the Bible is true.
2: I think for for a, a story that is being shared with you to be true, it has to be literal. Like this is exactly what happened. Here is the story I am conveying to you. Here is the true story. So yes, they. they
1: and so, so that's yeah. that, so that's what you think. Uh, so when you hear the so, term "the Bible is true," you're saying it's true in the sense that. Everything in there actually happened. Yeah. So I, I take a different position. I say the Bible is true, like Aesop's fables are true.
2: I wouldn't call Aesop's fables true because that's that's.
1: What, what, what I'm saying, Pam, I'm 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 having a different definition of true. Mm-hmm. You're, you're using you're you're using and and rightly so. You're using true in the sense that historically true. Mm-hmm. I'm not using true as in historically true. I'm using it in terms of like uh, I tell my kids a story about something uh, to get a truth across to them, a truth about life. And that, that, that truth about life is, right, and, and See, the, the, the stories are relevant. if
2: you pick up a book, mm-hmm. it is classified as fiction or nonfiction.
1: Ah, so what's the Bible classified as? Great. I don't know. Ah. Where does it go? You tell me. Yeah, yeah. Well. Well, what was the intent of the authors? What was the intent? Does the Bible claim anywhere that it is uh, uh, historically accurate? To your knowledge? Cuz that's what you're that's what you're arguing for. You're arguing for Well, the Bible it but, tells it, so no itself It's historically yeah. accurate.
0: But no one would would frame it that way. Why would they?
1: Yeah. Why would they? So it's not so it's not there. So what does the Bible claim about itself? It says all scripture is God-breathed. Okay. Right, and it's inspired, and it's profitable for uh, teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, for righteousness' sake. Right? Okay. That, that, that's that's all great, but it never says that it's historically accurate. And 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 did people even when like when you here's the problem. The problem is this. The problem is when you and I, uh, in our modern context, think of a subject like. History, right? And someone says this is historic, and so you're hoping that it is totally accurate to what happened. The problem is, is even stuff that that we think is totally accurate to what happened, is probably not. JFK's assassination, right? So you you have a the narrative. This is what it is. Is that is that accurate? Is that accurate? we may never never know. Right. That's the way it's told. Right. We we don't we just don't know.
0: But in so, that, but in that case, it's 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 widely understood that we don't have the answers. Where I think a lot of history that was taught, to okay, us, but that's my, being taught to us. But my point is, is though, being is being taught as as the truth. There's no gray area. This is what happened, right, as as right, right or wrong as it may be.
1: Well, but my, my my point is this. My point is is that that's the way we view history should be, right? Is that the way everybody has always thought about what is history? That we, that's a big assumption. You're assuming that throughout all of time, everybody thought the same way about when you tell something about history. You're telling it for accuracy. That's the reason why you tell it. You're assuming, you're making a big assumption. Because why? Because that's what we do. Is that is that why is that what the the Hebrews did? And what we know is is that a lot of those stories were all oral to begin with. They were passed down from generation to generation to generation, and they were told. Uh, orally, and they were told orally, and they and these they were repeated over and over again for a reason, right? Was it for historical accuracy? Well, some say no. Some say that's not why why they told those stories. To pass down historical accuracy, it's to talk about them as a people, and so they told these stories. But but we look at it and we go, well these these are these are ancient documents, and and we we, we you pick up the Old Testament and you go. These are, uh, these would be classified, and you're classifying them that, these would be classified as uh, history books. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I go to school uh, and I go to history class, that would be something we would, we would pick up. But what if, what if it wasn't that? What if these were classified, we went to school and we went to philosophy class and we picked up these and we read these? How would you read them then? You'd read them differently. Right? Right. Or or it was poetry. You go to poetry. Is poetry true?
0: Not necessarily. It's a hard. It's a
1: well. In in what sense? Right. Yeah. You have to define truth. What, what does poetry speak to us? So does po- does poetry speak truth?
0: The fact that these were were passed down orally mm-hmm. would lead you to believe that they would. What emerges in the end is more of a lesson than, and maybe an embellished lesson than. Well, here's, than the, here's historical the accuracy. So, so these these five written if it were written down and passed, yeah. centuries that way, then yeah. I think you you might find it to be more historically correct.
1: Well, the, the, the thing is, the reason why we're trying to to um, uh, balance these things, we're trying to understand. Uh, is God this genocidal God, or is He the God like Jesus, or is that, or should we throw the whole Bible out because uh, this is historically accurate, this is true, and Jesus said this, and so obviously this thing's worth nothing. Let's just throw it all away. Or do we do we come to some understanding about what's going on in there? So I think everything leads to, I the Old Testament leads to uh, Christ and what, what he is like. And I think throughout the old, whole Old Testament, um, the Israelites were always trying to figure out what this God is like. And it was very common throughout all of you know, ancient history that tribes would, uh, uh, tribes would, um, uh, when they entered into battle with another tribe, right? Another people group um, for limited resources uh, and they're fighting for these limited resources, whether it's land or whatever. Uh, and they come; they're going to fight. They need to annihilate those people because if you leave any left, they're going to rebuild and come back and attack you. So, if you want to do this, you 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 destroy everybody. And so they would always give; they would always ask their god, whoever that god might be, for help. And then whenever they, whenever they, uh, uh, whenever they won, they would give credit to their god. Right. That's why there's a lot of these gods aren't around anymore because those people got wiped out they wiped out, and they have no God to, you know, uh, to continue on. And so, I think it would be very natural for um, for the Israelites too to say, you know, this is what this is what our God wants. Um, and at least that's what that, that helps me to understand. Because I see,
2: I think that's what they were more concerned about than than understanding who God is. Uh, it's how do we please this God? They they thought you know, God held sway over. Everything in a way that if we if we keep God happy, then we are going to be blessed. We're going. I think to- that's
1: part of it. That's why that's why they would offer sacrifices because uh, to appease the gods. That's why in the Old Testament you'll see when they made sacrifices. Where did they make sacrifices at? They'd go up on top of a mountain. Why? Closer to God. Mm-hmm. Now, what 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 a what a, what a uh, an ancient way of looking at, at God, that God is up there somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And so he's up there somewhere. So go to up top of a mountain. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have all this stuff going on in the Old Testament. So they, they did that. They were closer to God. Does that mean that's what we should do to get closer to God? Go on top of a mountain? Is it literal? Is that true? Were they right? Because it's in there. They, they're getting closer. To, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you can't you can't say, well, I think it's literal here. But here here I don't think it is. Well, that we, we know God's not up there. But God said to kill everybody. See, it's right there. Yeah, but that's right there too. See, you can't. Everybody picks, picks and chooses, mm-hmm. pick and choose. So I think you have to have you have to look at these things in light of you look at all the individual things in light of the whole, right? In light of the whole story, and you know Jesus is pretty clear about when he says, talks about you know so all through the Old Testament they're wondering, what well, what is this God like? What's he like? What's he like? We try to please him, and it seems like. When we do it, sometimes sometimes he's pleased, sometimes he's not pleased. Oh, how, how, how do we do that? So finally Jesus comes along, and one of the questions that they go to him is, show, uh, finally, you come from the Father? Yeah, thank you. Show us the Father, right? Because we, that's what we've been trying to figure out all this time. Show us the Father. And what does Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like he, he clears it all up. So no matter what you thought he was before, no matter what you attributed to him before, what you thought was him, mm-hmm. right? He says, "Not nah, you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Would Jesus would Jesus ever uh, command or commend genocide? Never. I'm well,
0: kind of back to my original question for you as a pastor: mm-hmm. Isn't isn't it easier to teach from the New Testament than the Old Testament?
1: No, I, I think I think it's just as easy for me. Uh, like I'm doing right now, like I, I took that Joshua passage, right? I, I think I think embedded in that is is lessons that we learn about e- even even like there are passages in the Bible. But you
0: weren't taking the the Old Testament as literal either, so you've.
2: I think he takes the whole Bible as a self help book. Like that's where it would be in on his shelf, right? Right, Jeff? Like it is?
1: Um, I, uh, yes, but I think it's in other places too. <laughs> okay. I do. I mean, I believe the Bible is inspired, right? And that's another word you could talk about. Inspired. What, what does it mean to be inspired? Uh, does it mean? And and it says it's God breathed, right? And so I I look at this and I go, well, oh, this is this is valuable for yes, for life, but for uh, you know spirituality, for uh, communion with God. I think it's so valuable in so many different areas because it is. It's inspired. And it's God breathed. That's not to say that I take those words, and I think that uh, Paul was sitting with a, uh, what's that machine they have in a court, what do they call that thing? Stenog- a
2: stenograph.
1: Stenograph. A stenograph. yeah That Paul's sitting with a stenograph going, looking up at the sky and going, what's that God? Okay. And what else? Right. Like, I don't think that. Like, I don't believe that, but mm-hmm. th- that you know, some people think it is. It's like, that's the words that God said to write down. And, and that's problematic because there are other places where Paul says, uh, you know, this is this is good, this is good, uh, and I'm going to tell you this, but this isn't from God, this is from me, right? But it's in the Bible. So right, is it right. from God or what, you know? And so I think, you know, and, and, and if it was all from God and it wasn't, there was no humanness to it, then all the, everything would be of the same grammar, the same voice, the same, right? right? It would all be the same right. because it's from God. But we don't, we see... Writings, we say we think Paul wrote this. Why? Well, because it it fits his style of writing. And now all of a sudden, as soon as we say that, we, we're saying that. Well, there's there's some Paul in this, right? There's this this is these Pauline epistles. They they feel like Paul, and they, they don't feel like Luke, right? And so they wrote. They were human, but it's it's still inspired stuff. And so there could be stuff in there. Here, here's here's what I think. There can be stuff in there that's not true. This is where origin would be. That's not true, but it's still profitable for teaching. It's not true, but still profitable for teaching, right? So Pete, Pete would always tell me, "Hey, I, I can learn. I can learn just as much from a bad coach as I can from a good coach, right?" And so it's the guy's teach coaching, and he's wrong, and his, the way he treats kids is wrong. I can learn from that. It's all. That's all bad. It's all wrong. Mm-hmm. I can really learn from that. Mm-hmm. So he's learning truth. So is the Bible, I say, is the Bible true? Yeah, it's true, but uh, but it doesn't have to be historically accurate for, you know, I'm not using truth in that in that context.
0: So you had five points that we started with. We talked about the, you, you laid all five out. Yeah. We talked a little more specifically about point one and two. Yeah.
1: The next one would be that we agree that genocide is terrible, terrible, right?
2: That's a pretty quick all right, one. Well, we
0: wrapped up that episode. <laughs> we didn't even get to it yet.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know. um, So I think you need to look at each one of these individually, these questions, but then you need to also kind of hold them as a whole too, like all five questions together, and try to try to figure out, you know, like what I'm laying out there. Like, what what does it mean? So, so many people, um, Pam, are of the bent that uh, I'm not saying you, but are the bent that well uh if it's not uh, historically accurate, then what what value is it to us right and if, and if if that's not, then what about what about the resurrection? Yeah, is that not true? you know see what I'm saying so what they, what people want to do is they'll say, see i I need everything to be true because I want th- I, I need this to be true, therefore everything has to be true wow, that's a t- terrible place to be right you know terrible place to be. You know, I, so I look at the whole. I look at it all as a whole, and what's the what's the point of the whole thing? What's the point of the whole Bible? And, you know, and that to be honest with you, I, I think you have to have a really good grasp on all of it. You can't just have ideas of things. Like you need to really, you know, I hate to put it like that, but you really need to know really need to know it. And 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 unfortunately, I find most people just don't know it. They know it. Just, like, on the surface, you know. I just mentioned a story. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of a whale and a guy and his belly. i heard of that, right?
2: Scott, are you feeling like he might be talking about you, too? Because well, I, He hasn't, t- I, he hasn't I, taken
1: his eyes off me. Right. I feel like
2: I might be...
0: <laughs> Guilty as charged. You know,
2: one step above the level he <laughs> just described. Maybe.
1: Sorry, Lord, no, that's forgive not me. Calling us out. Not my intent. Not my intent.
0: Yeah. Well, no, the whole idea of this podcast is for me to play dumb <laughs> to help your teachings. <laughs> I know so much more uh-huh. than that. I'm revealing.
2: Mm-hmm. Sage and wise <laughs> Scott over here.
0: All right, so um, this is part one of our. Our uh, teachings on yeah. Old Testament is that how we're framing this? Yeah,
1: and and the and the difficult passages, not just difficult passages, but difficult stories.
0: Can you can you give us some examples next next episode?
1: Yeah, so so I think I think you know, we might uh, delve into a little bit deeper. We'll read some passages out of Joshua about the, the genocide. Let's read about we'll read about some ideas of of uh, the Bible says about uh, smashing babies' heads against a rock. Uh, Boy, well, that's that's a tease like That's fun. a yeah, tease yeah, Right there yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jump right in. <laughs> there. Worry about how you How you treat uh, uh, An adulterous woman um, Yeah that's That's bad yeah. news right there Yeah I mean, There's all kind of stuff I mean It says all kind of stuff in there Alright So let's we'll, we'll look at a lot of that stuff We'll look at some of the Maybe we'll go to Leviticus And look at some of the Levitical laws that are pretty Pretty rough Right um, The Bible The Bible says Don't wear clothes That have Mixed fabric Right. Right. So, you can't have a, a polyester cotton mix. Well, I don't know if there is that such a thing, but you know, you have to. If you if you're going to come with a suit, it better be, all be polyester, Scott.
0: <laughs> that could be a podcast. Great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be next time on Not Your Father's Faith with Jeff Hammond Scott.